welcome to Young and Limitless. Um, in this short conversation with my bestest friend, Jenny, we're going to be talking about how to enable each other, regardless of colour, regardless of gender, and everything else that you can describe yourself. But it's good to talk, it's good to share, and yeah, so that's what we're just going to be talking about. But hi, Jenny. Hello. Where are you, where are you from? I'm down here in the sunny but very windy parts of Plymouth, down in Devon, so... Oh, are you close to the sea? Yeah, not far, not far. I can just get in my car and be looking at the sea in about 10 minutes drive. So, yeah, not too bad at all. But it's just a bit blowy, though. <laughs> so how have you survived now we're coming out of lockdown? It's been a difficult one, actually. It's um, hopefully, I've as a youth worker and working with people in 20 20 odd years I've struggled not having the human contact and interaction with people so I can't wait to get out of lockdown but it is still going to be that our company saying we need to wear gloves and masks and all this which I still struggle with the masks but it's getting it's getting there it's getting back to how I prefer to work but yeah it's been bizarre times very bizarre times yeah, yeah. and it doesn't it's like one thing and then another thing so we had the lockdown now we're in an economic crisis and now yeah. the whole race thing you know the whole slavery and injustice and um, it's imploded <laughs> it, yeah so we, we've been we've been like I said we've been quiet we've locked away and now we can go out a, a little bit more have a little bit more freedom and talk there's a there's a even I'm finding it hard to figure out what I can say because um, I don't want to offend anybody but I also know, I mean, this whole podcast is about helping people to have a voice yeah. and knowing that your voice, regardless of what your experience is, is still, is still valuable yeah. um, and just how we do it. It's really difficult, isn't it? I read this article in the local paper today, which it, it, you really, I didn't quite know how to take it. It's quite interesting. So it's um, Francis Drake, um, well-known slave trader and general all-round explorer whatever all load of other stuff discovered didn't he bring the potato back or something like that anyway um so there's lots of things to do with francis drake in plymouth because the 944 oh don't ask me to do sums but basically the spanish <laughs> the fleet from the english english was to go and stop the spanish from invading was launched from plymouth Hove, those of you that don't know um I think it was supposed to be 450 years ago this year. I think it's either this year or last year. It's around that time. So anyway, there was an article in the paper because obviously there's going to be a statue of him. And I think there's a whole square in Plymouth called Sir John Hawkins mm -hmm. Square, which I think is going to be renamed. But um, I think they're talking about taking Francis Drake's statue down and stuff as well. But what I read in the paper, you should have a look for it is that this this story's popped up saying that um francis drake had a special friend who happened to be one of his slaves i, think, I don't think companion in necessarily the nocturnal manner but i guess they were all stuck on ships for a very long time so needs must and all of that but i think i couldn't decide if they were trying to take it from the angle for justifying his his having slaves on his ship because he was he was very apparently he was very kind to him he was more of his companion they traveled together I didn't read the whole article mind so but I was a bit like so what are they trying to say are they justifying not hating Sir Francis Drake because he had one special slave 
that actually wasn't really a slave because he then ended up being his friend. It's like, well, actually, slavery put them together, so that's not necessarily right either. Yeah. So you can just thousands of of people were not his friends, not his companions, and what happened to them? Yeah, you kind of can end up overthinking it, thinking, well, what are the papers trying to say? Are they trying to incite something? Are they saying they don't? Is this the way to save the statue from? ending up in Plymouth Sound, it would probably dissolve the second it got dropped in there if it were just so polluted. But um so I was looking at that thinking I don't quite know where to take that really. To be fair, like I said, I didn't read the whole article because that app the, the newspaper drives me insane. Um because they're not always accurate in how they report things, like most of the media to be fair. Um but it was I just thought that's an interesting talking point. What are you trying what are they are what's what's the guiding thought of that article so you should have a look at it yeah i will have a look at it for sure what's interesting i think that i'm hoping that more of us i mean those that didn't fall are now questioning the sources of so much information that we get um i mean i know it's always good to raise awareness Mm. but like it's like this is proper like critical thinking going on isn't it from looks a lot of us yeah yeah and i'd hope so because it's you just can't it's it's difficult isn't it because you're walking a fine line of saying to people don't trust anyone which can make people very unhappy and very unwell and slightly paranoid to overuse a overused term but then it's um actually yeah do your own research but then even so don't just read the first article on google and believe that do you know what I mean? It's like check the sources. I remember when I was at uni, was it A? I think it was actually doing my A levels. Did a module all about primary and secondary information. Where's it come from? Check your sources. And it's sociology as well. Actually, it was you know who is funding that piece of research. You know, it's it's interesting if you go back slightly off tangent, but you know Nestle were the company that funded quite a lot of research into actually powdered milk is fine the babies you know stop breastfeeding give your baby powdered milk it's fine and actually Nestle were the company behind that and they they are quite a large producer of baby milk you know and it's that it's kind of what is what is yeah, who is trying to achieve something yeah but you kind of have to think about what are they going to get out of it who is funding the research and what what do they want to achieve I remember being in, in sick form and boycotting Nestle for mm. a load of reasons but unethical reasons yeah, um, sorry. The thing is, right, you can look on Google, and yes, you don't look at the first, second, third thing, you keep going. But the way that the, the, um, there's a word for it, isn't it? When it, it kind of like gathers the information it thinks you want and gives it to you. And so Algorithm. Really hard, that's it. Yeah, it's really hard to be, to look objectively. Yeah, absolutely. Things, they're trying to help you, but sometimes not helping you at all. No, not at all. And I think it's all kind of, it's all based around your searches, isn't it? So if you just look for stuff that's quite current affairs media bbc websites and stuff they will always be the ones that will come up first so and then and it then, reaffirms what you already think rather than help you to think yeah absolutely and i think it's um yeah it's so important to try and but i think even though you do your own research i don't think i think it's okay to sit on the fence and not decide to have a decision have a have a set opinion because i think people's learning is constant it's a journey it's you're not always going to Yes, you know, there's certain things that are, you know, bullying is never right, you know, abuse of people is never right. But actually, it's about 
with some of the other bits it's having about that balanced view isn't it actually of saying oh and actually being all right to say I don't know if I have got an opinion about this yeah sometimes sitting on the fence is okay and then sometimes when it comes to justice it, you, there is you can't yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. but it's just it's not having the wisdom isn't it no and something to give yourself uh, you know what I don't know and until I know then I will decide but some things are really obvious and some things did take a little bit more figuring yeah, out moral dilemmas and I don't think there's anything wrong with a moral dilemma because it does make people talk and think really and I think yeah people need to that space to learn how to think don't they or think trust what they think sometimes what was the Maya Angelou quote you gave me do the best you can until you know better and then I think for me like you just keep wanting to know keep wanting to know yeah. Because like anything else, when you stop learning, you stop growing. But it's also, I think some of this goes back into like people being harassed for things that have gone on in our past generation. So, you know, for example, my mum probably smoked all the way through her pregnancy with me. Um, but that was in the 70s. I think everybody did it then. And I'm not saying it's right, but actually information now has evolved and changed. So actually, you there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't just just a enough example but yeah, you know but don't then have a pop at the people in the 70s that didn't have access to that information yeah, you know it's where the a pint of guinness or half a guinness when you're pregnant yeah exactly they did what they thought was the best thing to do and now we know better exactly and it's but but it's about you know and this is does goes back to cultural roots isn't it it's like it was you know we have to look at things now in a different with a different with a bit of empathy for the history in some respect because they didn't necessarily know any better but the people that now doing stuff that they should know better or they could know better if they chose to educate themselves in a different way stuff wouldn't still continue so do you think um like when we were younger as opposed to young people now do you think it's changed much in what respect? Like, do you think it's easier now to to walk confidently and comfortably in your own skin, like down the street? I don't know, actually. I think Plymouth's a weird little place, I guess, which is where I spent most of my teenage years. No, is it easier for young people? No, I don't think it is. I think it's uh, because human beings, being human beings, will always find something to pick at you for. So whether you've got bright red hair bright ginger hair you're freckly you're yeah. size 10 your size a million you know it doesn't really or because in plymouth city center there's a thing it's this weird monument thing called the sundial it's a sundial oh yeah and you walk through town and there's like so you get the emos by dingles you get the other group by the sundial you get the other group over there and it's just a minefield for young people and actually I know a lot of young people that because of that will not walk through Plymouth City Centre anymore. They're oh. too scared to do it. Um, then they used to, you know, at the top of town, you'd get the Mackie bashers or the town smashers, as they're called. So, you know, it's, um, I don't, yeah, no, I don't actually think it's any different. I just think the reasons why groups form a bit more diverse, it's not mm -hmm. just limited to, to gender or race or mm -hmm. colour of your skin anymore. It's for, the clothes you wear and it always kind of has been but yeah. it's just I've noticed it more now but yeah but the the thing is is you know a lot of our young people just don't like going into Plymouth City Centre on the you know because it's full of other groups that will pick on them for a different reason 
So how, so when your lad is a teenager, how are you going to help him? House. Sorry? Oh, he's never leaving the house. I told you that. <laughs> how are you going to help him navigate through that? Yes, he's going to be confident and he's going to know that he's well loved and all that. How are you going to help him to know that he, he doesn't, does have a voice? Yeah. Um, you know, he's a right to, to, to use it. Absolutely. I think it's difficult when you're furniture son you know I think it it is sometimes up to the old the next generation the older generation I guess we're that now aren't we kind of middly generation is to actually suck it up what other people think you know actually it's really hard to get evaluation and feedback and my son will tell me lots of things that I don't like he will tell me I'm not happy because I've done such and such and and actually when you sit there and if you're able to reflect you think oh actually yeah no I can understand that must have been really hard for you but I think it's, you know, and it is about, I guess, the way you give people a voice is, is, is dealing with your own internal monologue of how you feel about things, mm. you know, because it's not always personal. You know, I think we've been very privileged in our profession, I guess, and a personal life to be taught how to be a reflective practitioner. Mm. Even though it really stings when a young person is telling you the reasons why they weren't particularly happy or why they didn't feel supported or things like that but it, and it can sting and your ego will get stamped on at times mine has been when I've got no I did that it is about having that confidence that they're allowed to have a voice even though it might not be and it's not being so defensive I think all services are very defensive it's hard not to be defensive you do have to try and take it on the chin sometimes I don't and I'm not saying I do that very well all the time or how I often ring you up and go, Esther, this has happened. <laughs> Help. Venting is all right. You know, sharing, you know, with the right people, venting is all right. Yeah, but it's, um, I think if my son couldn't tell me how angry I've mm -hmm. made him, instead of acting, tell me why, you know, I'm constantly, he's only little trying to tell him, use your words, don't just flounce off across the house and slam doors. It's about use these words because they are a lot more powerful mm -hmm. um, because I listen, I listen, whereas flouncing doesn't get you anywhere. And I think it, you know, for me, it's about helping him understand that it's all right to disagree. You know, we were in it, we'll be us trying to say to him, we will disagree with things. But it's about trying to find some common ground. And I think we, we, we can, like I said, it's only little, but we can communicate as much as we can. And it's that constant reassurance of we're here for you regardless, but we need to talk about this. Yeah. Um, and I, I, think, I think it's the same for just young people in general, isn't it? It's like they're so scared and they feel so judged by a lot of social media, by the social media that their parents watch they you know they will end up being judged as a result of the things that the parents have seen it's um really odd yeah and, and you know as as oh, your son grows really. up he will learn more and more how to distance himself from what people are saying you know it's about them it's not about him yeah you know it does it's not always great you know but sometimes you do have to take the feedback on the chin it's as simple as that really um, it's easier when you're older and you've got a bit of experience to know to as to buffer yourself from some but you know something does get you but sometimes when you're young people they just like it's hard not to react immediately and to take a step back but i think it's, it, it does go back to maya angelou's quote doesn't it it's like it's like yes give feedback but then also be aware that those people did the best they could when they did mm. you know but it's like 
you know and it is finding that healthy balance between the two isn't it because yes I would hope people act with the best of their intentions most of the time but we are human beings after all but then it's like actually if that wasn't right how can we do it better yeah so active listening skills can take time and effort Mm -hmm. to develop effort is the key I think we do live in a in an immediate society you can press the button and something could be on your doorstep half an hour later like delivery of all kinds so I think it's that I think we need to learn collective patience sometimes that it's not going to happen overnight yeah and give and take because like like it's accepting where you are and I know I don't the word forgiveness is a, is a big word but just having a little bit more understanding we're all human and we all make mistakes and people don't often say stuff and they don't mean it sometimes no. they do but, and it's obvious most of the time they do sometimes you know I might say something and you might be in a different frame of mind and you might completely get it take it a different way because of the mind that you're yeah, in yeah absolutely um, and it's you know and some of that though is where awareness comes isn't isn't mm-hmm. it it's like you have a responsibility you have control over how you respond to something or not as the case may be if you just choose to choose choice is a weird word but um you know that is the only thing we can kind of choose mm. properly in our life is how we respond to something so it's, it's a minefield out there mum used to say i remember being younger and mum saying oh she's counting you could see mum's counting 10 and 10 was never quite enough sometimes i think she counted from 100 down to one <laughs> and then said something but but yeah it's having that space isn't it those 10 seconds of space to go (gasps) it's a difficult one I think we're all I think everybody is in is especially at the moment I think everyone's flight or fight response is being triggered massively by lockdown isn't it you know and it's I try not to sound flippant but it could be worse but for not this is ultimate awfulness for people isn't it you know, I say it could be worse, like my house is still intact. There's not a bomb about to drop on my roof anytime soon. That would trigger my fight or flights. But at the minute, it's kind of, you know, this is World War Three in a different way, I guess, isn't it? Viral. But it's, yeah, I think everyone's very sensitive at the minute, which is why, you know, a lot of these conversations are happening. But So this is a time of transition. Mm, so absolutely. For, for your son, where what would you like the world to look like for him in 10 years time? I mean, they're going to hopefully change the education system a bit more. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, when we were looking for schools, what I was at, you know, it's quite interesting that I was I was looking very much of what is their safeguarding, what is their policies and stuff. And the weirdest thing I saw was that they had quite a big policy about prevent the anti-terrorism stuff. Right. And I was like, why is that everywhere? Where's their safeguarding policies? You know, I was quite like... Mm-hmm weird but um and I guess I think for me you know what I was more interested in at school for him is like do they do mindfulness he's doing med- you know he did um him and his dad were doing trying to do some meditation the other day and he, he did really well because he learned some of it from school and I think it's teaching compassion really that it's that fine line isn't it between assertive and aggressive you know actually be assertive with what is not okay but be compassionate to why someone might not understand that and try and explain your views as much as you can. Yeah, well, that's really important, compassion, because sometimes your words can say something, but but people can read your body and read what else is going on. Yeah. And they see that actually your words sound a bit harsh, but you you look yeah. like you care, they will, they'll get it. Yeah, 
and it's I think for me it's you know and I think that's through years of working in on the periphery of the social care field is that actually I've seen a lot of workers that have had to deliver some not very happy news but they they don't do it in a very kind way or actually there are ways that people could have really helped that person but they choose not chose not to <laughs> you know and that just that just cripples me really because I think god you had the choice that to be kind to this person and you didn't want to for whatever reason yeah um, your own inner awareness of your own emotional whatever's going on for you isn't it yeah absolutely and I think it's yeah exactly and it's I guess that's because we're like I said you know all of our uh, natural instincts are being prodded at the minute aren't they of like fight or flight mm. and mm. everyone's very sensitive at the minute but I just think you know, and it is that whole, it sounds a bit cheesy, it's that bit of that buzzword, isn't it? But if, you know, be anything in life, choose to be kind. Yeah. At the very basics, isn't it? You know, yes, be all those other things, be the superhero, be the whatever you want to be, but just also, but go with a kind heart and a good basis behind it. Because, really good basis heart, yeah. you know, I was very proud of my son. He came home from school because he'd been doing the Educare. And he came home from school with a big certificate because he'd supported a little boy who um apparently was not happy being i think he'd obviously been at home reading between the lines been at home with his family and then whatever had gone on and he needed to be looked after by the school for the day wasn't happy was very stressed because there was a lot of stressed out children at this time as well not just the parents mm-hmm. and um my son managed to look after him all day played with him calmed him down where the teachers couldn't get anywhere near and you know, I was, you know, I thought of all the things you could do, you were kind to him. And that's, you know, and that's all I'm ever going to ask of him. Yes, it'd be nice to get A stars, this, that and the other. But actually, I would like you to come out in life as being a decent human being. Yeah. Any idiot can get an A star if you put my mind to it. Apart from me and maths. You're going to have to sit my GCSE maths for me once he gets there. But actually, it's, I think, yeah, yes, they're all right to get on in life you do need a few exams but actually I would prefer him to be a decent human being and understand kind of so with everything that's going on like what are you most hopeful about in the future that I'm hopeful that history isn't erased that it is reviewed and reflected upon but yeah no actually I would open places that people can go and look about how life was in a different way but in a more truthful way yeah exactly and I think it's the problem is is that these campaigns will come and go they have a cyclical effect and it's about actually we need to make these changes stick all these voices mm-hmm. properly heard so I know you know I say to you I've been at the job that I've been long enough that I see how things change every three years they have a new emphasis on something else but the problem is with that change and I have no issue with change but it's like they haven't reviewed and reflected what's gone on before so it's almost like well that didn't happen so well yeah it did if you've got a few people that have been around long enough to say actually how are we going to make it so it's better we have this chance to make it better it's you know and it is it's about learning from all of these things and moving forward and what have we learned what are we doing that's different you know instead of it just being a big roar and it will and the next thing we'll hear about it is on the 
31st of December review of 2020 before it gets to 2021, you know, and it's that's my fear is that momentum will get lost mm. because of the anger that's coming out rather than the people wanting to be proactive mm. and assertive, really. Yeah, because we all want long lasting change. Absolutely. And- I want a nicer world for my son to live in. I want a nicer, I just would like people to be a bit nicer to each other. I don't think that's too much to ask. And no one person has or one group of people has the answer, but we have to work it out together. And it is uncomfortable and it's not nice and it's very messy. But it is, that's but that's okay. Space. Yeah, Yeah, and I think, but I, but I guess we can say that because we're older, we've been through the messiness, I guess, and it's come out the other yeah. side. I'd like to think a lot more, with a lot more education and insight than we went in with. And I think there is a voice of change for lots of it. You know, there's lots of, change you know there's lots of things in the ether mm-hmm. i think people are i think i it feels like people are beginning to want to embrace change more because they've been so tied up in their little bubble in lockdown that they don't want to go back to how it was but then some people do because they're scared of what it will look like when it's not back to normal but being scared's okay but it's hand-holding those people that are scared isn't it yeah. and who's willing to do that they want it to go back to normal, but there is no normal anymore. This is a this is a new thing we can create together. Yeah. <laughs> what what is normal anyway? Yeah. It's everybody's life is different, isn't it? And so it should be. That makes life interesting. We love difference. It's interesting. It's exhausting Absolutely. sometimes. Absolutely. So Jenny, thank you so much for your time. Oh, um, welcome. So yes, I love the Maya Angelou quote, and I just love yeah, be kind and just be decent humans to each other, and be kind to ourselves. You know absolutely absolutely thank you guys for listening um please follow me on instagram it's young limitless podcast all one word thank you and have a great day Bye bye bye